In the early 90s, two French schoolboys met and formed a band called Darling. And this meeting and this band would be a momentous occasion for the world of electronica music. You're listening to The Currency Welcome. I'm your host, I'm Mike Gaston. This is episode number 83 of my podcast. I thank you for joining me. This is the last day of February. It is Sunday, February 28th, 2021. And we're going to talk about Daft Punk and their announcement this week that they are disbanding. They've called it quits in quite a dramatic fashion, quite a beautiful fashion. And I want to talk about the announcement by Daft Punk that they're calling it quits and the way that they did it because they did it in a way that used narrative, that used story, and it was just so powerful. Now, Daft Punk has been a favorite of mine for many years. Uh, I have their uh, album Discovery on vinyl. Thank you to my son, Josh. Gave it to me as a gift. But uh, an amazing band, really phenomenal. Loved their music for decades. And it just really hit me hard. I know I'm saying really a lot here. It hit me hard when they broke up, when I, when I found the news. And the way they did it was so creative. Uh, I think that the way they did it had more of an impact than if they had just made an announcement. If the news just came out that Daft Punk was calling it quits, I would have been bummed out. You would have seen some... You would have seen some, uh, you know, sad laments on Twitter and whatnot and... Maybe I would have listened to their music a little bit, but the way they did it was so powerful. They leveraged narrative in a way that uh, other bands haven't done. And uh, they've done a lot of things in a way that other bands haven't done. I mean, from their robot costumes and uh, the type of music that they've created through the years and their eschewing of celebrity. They have not wanted to be in the public eye. They've they've avoided publicity and, and people really don't know much about these people. They don't know what they look like. They don't know their real names and so on. Are you familiar with what happened this week? Are you familiar with the way that they announced their demise, their their uh, their breakup? So essentially what they did is they released a video. It's a seven plus minute video. You can find it on YouTube. In fact, I will put a link to it. In fact, I'll embed it if I can, but I'll put a link to it in the show notes. Just go to MikeGaston.com forward slash the currency 083. MikeGaston.com forward slash the currency 083. And you can watch it there. In fact, if you haven't seen it yet, pause this podcast, go check it out. Or you can just go to YouTube and just search in the YouTube box there, uh, Daft Punk Epilogue. They released a video called Epilogue. And if you've seen it, it's it's quite interesting. It just shows these two. There's there's no dialogue. There's really just one scene, if you will, or one setting. It's kind of a it's 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 edited, but it looks like a one take. It's just like in in one scene, one setting. It's the two of them. And if you don't know, uh, Daft Punk, Electronica Music Duo. Uh, they met in Paris back in the nineties. The two members, their names, uh, Guy Manuel de Homem Cristo. That's one guy, Guy 
Manuel de Homen Cristo, and forgive me if I'm not saying his name correctly, and the second member is Thomas Balgalter. Sorry, Thomas Bang, Bangalter, Bangalter, Thomas Bangalter. They met back uh, in 1993 and formed a band called Darlin. It was an indie rock band. It was kind of like a high school, college band. I don't know how old they were when they met. Both of them now in their early 40s, early mid 40s, they disbanded and they started kind of experimenting. And I think this band Darlin that they formed, there may have been a third member in there. But anyway, they kind of shifted to electronica music and they got into this whole electronica and built themselves an arsenal of electronica equipment, things like synthesizers and vocorders and so on, drum machines. And they put together their initial debut album called Homework. And it was released by Virgin Records in 1997. And already it had some hits on it. One of a really well-known one is called Around, Around the World. Another one, Da Funk. I uh, love that music. That's when I first heard of them in the late 90s. And um, in 1999, they started doing this whole robot persona. They started becoming, you know, a thing. They wear these robot helmets and matching outfits. One of them wore a silver. I believe uh, Thomas Bangalter would wear the silver robot helmet. And then um, uh, Guy Manuel would wear the a gold one. So whenever you'd see them, there'd be one with a silver helmet, one with a gold, and they'd do different, they'd have iterations. They always wear matching outfits uh, with maybe some gold trim or some silver trim, but it was just pretty cool. Always silent. Uh, they never spoke. Um, you know, they win like a, like a, an award. They go up to get their award. They wouldn't talk. Someone might speak for them. They've done amazing work. I love their album Discovery. I love their album Random Access Memory. Uh, they're just so much. They've done things like they did uh, some of the title music for Tron. Uh, they just did so much. I think it was Tron Legacy in 2010. They've just done so much stuff. And they're really well known and they're loved. If you've ever been into kind of electronic or dance music or club music, etc., you're familiar with Daft Punk. The name too, by the way, it's kind of funny. They had this band Darlin. And I won't get the quote right, but essentially somebody did a write-up and said that their music was like this kind of indie, daft, punky, something. Like they used the phrase daft punk to describe their music. I don't think it was flattering, but they used this phrase and they latched onto this idea of daft punk. And they just decided that they would use that as their name for their new band. Anyway, that was back in the 19, oh, was it 1998 when they came out with their first uh, first. Uh, was that homework? Was homework 1998? No, 1997. So they've been 28 years and putting out some phenomenal music, lots of hits, lots of uh, industry accolades and recognition. Uh, they had homework, discovery, human after all, alive, 2007, Tron legacy, random access memory, etc. They had lots of stuff they put out. So they just on, you know, this week, uh, it was maybe Tuesday, released this epilogue. And essentially this video, they, they never they had a press release. They didn't make any big announcements. They just released this video. And in it, it showed the two of them walking. It, it looks like they're out in the desert, like in Nevada or something. It's just like that wide open desert, maybe a little bit of mountain um, on the, some mountains on the horizon. You know, you hear the the wind blowing, uh, classic, and they're just walking silently or the crunch of their feet. And as they're walking, the 
fella in the gold helmet, this would be Guy Manuel, is kind of ahead. And in walking a handful of paces behind is the guy in the silver helmet. This would be Thomas Bangalter. And as they're walking, Guy Manuel is continuing his pace. He's just going at a pace. And you can see that Bangalter is kind of slowing down. The guy in the silver helmet is slowing down. They have same matching clothing, just different helmets. And they're walking along, one's in front of the other. And the one that's behind is just slowing down and slowing down. And eventually just stops. And he stops walking and you can just tell it's just like he ran out of energy. You're not sure what the story is, just stopped. And, and Guy Manuel just keeps walking. And then eventually the guy in, in, in the gold helmet stops and realizes that this other, his, his compatriot isn't following him anymore. He isn't matching his stride. And he turns around and makes his way back to Van Galter. And they just face each other for a few moments. They just stand looking at each other very close. And, and Van Galter puts his head down. He just kind of looks down to the ground for a moment and then unzips his leather jacket, takes his leather jacket off and turns around showing Guy Manuel his back. And on his back is this little kind of interface, little square with a lift up and little latch. And he just stands there and he waits. And Guy Manuel looks at that little interface, that box on his back. And you can tell he's agonizing. He's just looking at this thing and it's just silent. A very powerful moment, not a word spoken, hardly any gestures. And he just looks at it and, he, and he, you can tell he resigns himself to it. He puts his head down. And as he does so, he, he reaches up and throws the latch on that box. And as he does that, you see that there's a countdown, 59 seconds and red LED with beeps counting out the seconds. And as it starts to beep, Thomas Ball Galter, Van Galter, I apologize, the guy in the silver helmet who's now in some type of countdown mode starts to walk away. So Guy Manuel just stands where he is and the, in the, and the partner in the silver helmet just walks away and he just starts walking as he's beeping, beep, 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 counting down the seconds. And it just watches him, you know, from a distance. And he gets to a certain point. There's only two, you know, four or five seconds left. He stops walking when he's far enough away from his partner. It shows him clench his black gloved fist in the last few seconds and then he detonates, he blows up. Very powerful. And all that's left now is the partner in the gold helmet. This would be Guy Manuel, who then turns and starts to walk onwards. He continues his journey as some Daft Punk electronica music begins to play. And it just covers him walking off into the distance. Very powerful. I have to tell you, uh, it was very touching to me. I mean, I, I've been a Daft Punk fan, never been to one of their concerts. I don't own all their, you know, merch and I'm not, I don't follow every element aspect of their career. I've loved their music, love their music. It's on my Spotify, Spotify playlist quite often. Like I said, I have, uh, I have the discovery double 
LP and uh, love them. Just have always loved them. Just been really big in my life since the 90s onwards. And to watch this way of communicating that we're done, it was just so impressive. They not only announced to the world that we're over, they did it in such a creative way without a single word. They, they kept their anonymity. They didn't make a spectacle of themselves. They didn't make a, you know, they made a big event out of this actually. They, but they didn't do this kind of press thing. They didn't have to answer all the hungry wolves uh, that wanted to know and demand and what's going on. And they even gave some information. If, if it can be believed, the way that I interpret this, and I don't know how else you would, is that the two of them have been working together for 28 years and they've been in a bit of a desert for a while and, and it has been quiet from them. We haven't had music from them in a while. They're walking through the desert and one of them's walking through rather confidently. He's going to get through this, but the other one is having a hard time. He's just not into it anymore. He's, he's, he's not keeping pace and he couldn't go any further. And he asked his friend, please let me out of this. And it was heartbreaking because you could tell, I mean, I I don't know how, maybe I'm just projecting here, but you could tell that these are friends. These are people that love one another. They've done a lot together. They've been a unit. And the fact that they don't have their own personalities, meaning they've got this, these robot personas and one's gold and one's silver, you know, um, I would say Thomas Van Galter is, is relatively taller. Uh, he's, he's significantly taller than Guy Manuel. I looked it up. Van Galter's listed at six foot two. I'm guessing uh, Guy Manuel, you know, he's probably five nine, uh, somewhere around there, five seven, five nine. You know, so so Van uh, Galter stands a, a, a clear head and shoulder above. But but other than that, like characteristically, they're both trim. They both dress the same. Uh, one doesn't act crazy while the other one acts. I mean, you don't, they are a unit, even though there's two of them, they are Daft Punk. It's not like one's personality outshines. You don't see facial expressions. You don't hear voices. You don't, you know, one of them isn't giving interviews while the other one isn't. They're a unit. And that showed in this video. This didn't show any acrimony. It didn't show any fighting back and forth. It was just like one of them said, I can't keep going. I don't think I have it in me anymore. I have to stop. I have to stop. And in stopping, I, I have to destruct I, I, because we are one. If I stop, you, you have to be free. And the only way to be free is to eliminate me. And he asked his, he asked his partner, please, would you throw the switch? The switch, interestingly, the switch was on his back. He didn't self-destruct. He didn't throw his own switch. I mean, there's just so much message and imagery in this thing. It's really powerful. And I know you go, oh, Mike, you're getting silly. Well, hey, this is narrative. This is the power of narrative. I talk often with my clients about branding and the power of story and the power of narrative. They could have come out and just said, hey, hey it's been great run. Uh, we, we ask that you respect our privacy, but we are going to uh, say that Def Punk is no more. That's my really bad French accent. They could have just made some announcement. They could have done it through their press people. They didn't even have to make a public appearance. They're very private people. Uh, people don't really know much about them. It's not like they've got, you know, uh, the press outside their door, you know, screaming and yelling. Uh, they don't do the whole red carpet thing, not with their real faces. Um, there are some photos. You can look them up. They're a couple of just normal guys. Uh, but they didn't do that. They didn't release that. They did this beautiful creative story. And, and even in, I, I just think all the details are so well thought out. The fact that 
that the destruct thing was on his back. He couldn't reach it himself. He can't, he can't throw his own kill switch. His, his partner, his friend has to do it. He can't do it himself. He can't keep up. He slows down. He stops. Now he's not acting like he's dehydrated. He's not acting, you know, they weren't dramatic. It was just this very confident, steady, but quiet communication. And it was beautiful. And so when I watched this thing, I was like, oh my gosh, they're done. Like I, I really, cause I didn't hear the news. I was trailing for business. I was staying in my Airbnb. I was jamming through some, you know, after hours work. And I thought, well, let me hit YouTube and I'm a sucker for, for, you know, Daft Punk. And I saw this, this video being suggested to me. I was like, oh, this is new. I could see it was just, you know, within the day it would have been posted. So I watched it and I was like, what did I just watch? And it hit me. It's like, I think they just told us that they broke up. <laughs> of course, then I, you know, was looking in the comments and I started searching online and uh, sure enough, Daft Punk had broken up and this was how they announced it. And what the effect of this uh, on me, what the effect it had, and the reason I bring this up and want to just talk about it a little bit, one is to give them just some recognition and to recognize them. Uh, I think that's what recognition is, Mike. <laughs> So I want to recognize them and, and the impact they've had on me and just say, hey, I've really appreciated all the work and to say thank you. Uh, not that they're listening to this podcast, but I want to say thank you. They really blessed me in some ways. I just have always loved their work and loved their music. And it's been part of my life's soundtrack as an adult. But, but the other reason I want to recognize also the power and the creative genius behind this and, and their leveraging of narrative. Like I was saying a moment ago, they could have just done a, re a release and I probably would, a press release, and I would have said, oh, that's a bummer. I wouldn't have felt a, a huge wave of emotion. I wouldn't have been captivated by the news. I would have felt a, a twinge, a pang, a little bit of a, ah, that's a bummer. I hate to hear it, but you know what? Eh, nobody lasts forever. And, and if I remembered later, I might have like, you know, made, you know, threw some of their music on just to go, ah, a little nostalgia. I can't remember who it was, if it was earlier, I think it was last year, somebody else, who else, somebody else shut down. And I remember, you know, a little bit of nostalgia, like, I don't know if they passed away. I can't remember who it was, but I remember, you know, just spinning the Spotify a little bit. Somebody passed away. Somebody famous. Was it a guitarist? Oh, it was Eddie Van Halen. Goodness gracious. Eddie Van Halen uh, passed away. And I remember saying, yeah, I got to play some Van Halen. It, I felt sad. There was no, you know, it, he passed away. I think he succumbed to cancer. So it was just, you know, it was terrible. Heard the news, felt sad, but I wasn't distraught. I wasn't overwhelmed with emotion. I wasn't sucked in. I had that little ping, and I thought, well, let me just play a little bit of uh, Van Halen, you know, for half an hour, maybe in, at the most. I don't, I don't think I listened to a ton of it. Maybe while I made my dinner that evening. But the effect of the Daft Punk announcement, the way that they did it, rather than just hearing some news, which is fine, they told a story, and that story got in. Like, it got in my heart. Like, it bothered me for days. I felt sad, like it hit, it made, it hit me in the feels. And uh, that night, like I kind of, I fell asleep. I put, you know, put the AirPods in and just played their music. I fell asleep. I remember waking up at like quarter to one in the morning with my glasses still on lying in bed. Cause I'd fallen asleep. I forgot to take my glasses off. I mean, I was just listening to the music and conked out. Of course it was still going. I had to pull the AirPods out and, and shut, shut the operation down. I probably lost some valuable hours. You know, and the next day I was listening to their music uh, while I was working at one point. I remember, you know, talking to my son. We, uh, he, we worked together. He works for me. 
And I'm like, hey, did you hear the news? And he's a fan too. Yeah, I did. And we talked about it. it was, I got home from my trip. I'd been traveling all week on, uh, you know, Saturday, yesterday uh, morning. I'm like showing my wife the video as we're watching it. I'm getting choked up. Now you could just say, well, Mike, you're just weak. You're a soft pop culture fanboy. I'm really not. I, I am soft. Okay, fair enough. But it just, it, it's just illustrative of how powerful story can be. I, I've not been nuts about this band and Gaga and could tell you, like if you'd asked me three weeks ago what their names were, I would say, I don't even know. I just know they're these robot guys. It's so cool what they do. But I knew their music. Whenever their music came out, I'm like, that's Daft Punk. And I, I often knew what album the song was off of. Obviously, I own Discovery, so I know that well. But I played them well enough to go, oh, yeah, that's from Random Access Memory. That's from, you know, Discovery, et cetera. But the, the effect of this, this uh, video that they did, because they told a story and they told it so well, it was well-crafted, and it communicated so much without a word. You just have two characters in one setting, uh, seven minutes, and it just communicated a lot. And um, I really respect them for that. And it had the impact of drawing me in. And, and I'll just tie it to Filthy Lucre. I'm sure they're driving tons of revenue. Not that that was their reason. I think they're creative and they're artists. I, you know, but I think this approach, I, I know for a fact, I saw some news stories like, you know, streaming and downloads of their music has skyrocketed. Well, why is that? Because they had such an impactful way of telling their fans that it's done. I want to encourage you, if you've got a business, you know, whatever you're trying to do, maybe you've got a political party, whatever you're trying to do. You know, consider telling a story. If you've got something that you have to communicate to the world around you, whether it's your brand, whether you're a sales rep, you know, whether you're a freelancer, uh, whether you're part of a political group, whether you're part of a religious group, whatever you're doing, you know, unless you're doing something that's anti-conservative, anti-truth, then I, I prefer you don't use story because I don't want you to be successful. But all you good people that listen to me that are aligned with my values... <laughs> I would encourage you, use story. It is so powerful. It's so powerful. And uh, and I, I just, I think this is kind of like a, a living proof, a living example. And I'd be curious to know, like, if you also saw Epilogue, if you saw the announcement, I'd like to know what was the effect on you. Get in touch with me. Hit me up on the socials. Just look for Mike Gaston. You can pretty much find me anywhere, Twitter, LinkedIn etc. You can go to my website. If you want to email me, just go to my website. There's a form towards the bottom of the homepage. Just go to Mike Gaston. That's G-A-S-T-I-N.com. And uh, you can email me there. Uh, the other thing you should do is if you haven't already, subscribe to my newsletter. I just sent out uh, an email on Monday last week. First time in a long time. Essentially, just it was a quickie. It was like two paragraphs, uh, just a few sentences sharing a video review I'd done recently, a book review that uh, I'd posted to my YouTube channel. Just down and dirty, like, hey, kids, here's something you might be interested in. And I got a lot of good feedback on that. I'll be doing more with this email in the future, but if you haven't already, sign up for it. I'll never spam you. I won't sell your information, etc. I just want a, the ability to communicate with you once in a while. And as I start to share more and more of, uh, of some of the content I'm creating, insights, helpful stuff, strategy and whatnot. I'd love to be able to communicate that out to you. So if you like that kind of thing, sign up. Guys, I hope that this was interesting. If you haven't checked it out, make sure to go see Epilogue. If you don't even know anything about 
Daft Punk, if you're not even into their music, I still would encourage you to watch it. It's just so powerful. And I think you'll appreciate the creativity, the genius, and like I said, the power behind it. And uh, make sure to get in touch. Let me know what you think. Kids, as always, Uncle Mike loves you all. And I will catch you in the next episode. Thank you.